Colin Cowherd, I sat up here and I defended you on my own radio show about me agreeing with you on some things. Nick Saban, now mind you, I did not listen to the clip or to the show because I was watching the blacklist, catching up on there, so when the new season comes out, I can be all caught up. Great show, by the way. And so I, I was on the ESPN app, and it came, or maybe I was on Twitter. It came across somewhere that I saw that the prospect of Nick Saban coaching Baker Mayfield in the NFL. I don't think that would work at all. I think that Nick Saban has already tried the NFL. And I and if someone could look it up and to ask me, or maybe I can look it up real quick, see how old Nick Saban is. How old is Nick Saban, Google? Okay, cool. The first thing that popped up. Nick Saban is 67 years old. Ooh, Nick Saban's birthday is on Halloween. I had no idea. Nick Saban was born in 1951. <sighs> Guys, Nick Saban's not going to go coach the Cleveland Browns. I'm sorry. That's one of the worst. They already have a defensive-minded head coach in Greg Williams who's actually coached in the NFL before for longer than two years. And this is not a shot at Nick Saban. Nick Saban can stay at Alabama until the day he dies. I think retirement is going to come before a jump to the NFL for Nick Saban. And I don't think that it's because Nick Saban's scared of failure, but I just don't think, and I'm not, I like Baker Mayfield. I am not under the impression that Baker needs to change and be a cookie-cutter quarterback and be placed in, that the, he, I don't think he needs to be placed in a box. I think that Baker needs to be able to be Baker because I feel that's the thing that makes him great. Nick Saban, on the other hand, doesn't seem to like those kind of personalities on his football team. Here's the other thing. At Alabama, Nick Saban gets to do the recruiting. Like Nick Saban is the CEO. I know they have an athletic director, but come on. That's Nick Saban's program. And anybody who would venture to tell you otherwise is either not smart, hadn't done their research, or is just misinformed. And so you're telling me that Nick Saban is going to leave that at 67 years old and then go to the NFL where he does not have personnel control. Now, I think that John Dorsey is doing a great job early on in Cleveland. That team looks – I mean, they've won six – they're 6-7-1. Six, and one. I mean, they're basically a 500 team after winning one game in two years um, by Felicia to Hugh Jackson. And so, no, I do not think that Baker Mayfield and Nick Saban are a fit. Let me go into the second part of my argument, and that's this. If you're the Cleveland Browns, why would you want to hire a 67-year-old head coach? If you don't think Nick Saban's going to be there for at least five years, is it more important, and, and Browns fans, feel free to let me know how you feel about this. Is maybe winning one championship and then having to start all over with the new coach worth it, or do you want to get a coach in there that you can build around, that you can get his philosophy in there, he can hire his offense, he can get coordinators to run the offense and the defense that he wants to run, he could put his imprint on the organization because I wish I had my notebook in here with me. Actually, I do have my notebook. And I've been wanting to address this for a long time. If you hear some rattling, I apologize. I'm going to pull out a bunch of notes. And I'm sorry, Jeff. Uh, Jeff is the station owner, and I know that he is a big, big Browns fan. And so I am going to pull out three pages worth of notes. And this is not me really... 
um, trying to disparage the Browns, but this gives you a little bit of history on what the Browns have been dealing with over the course of their history and why I don't think that Nick Saban is a good idea. Okay, so the Browns reincarnation started in 1999, and I'm just going to go through the list of their head coaches, and I'm going to tell you about their experience. I'm going to give you their record, and only one of them dudes went to the playoffs, which I think this is wrong, so I think one of these guys... Okay, so... We'll leave the playoffs out because I'm missing one of them. Chris Palmer was the head coach from 1999 to 2000. He coached 32 games. He was 5 and 27. 5 and 27. He coached at New Haven and Boston U before that. Excuse me. I had the hiccups. Had never been an NFL head coach before. Well, they fired him. They hired Butch Davis, who had been very successful at Miami. In college, he coached from 2001 to 2004, 58 games. He was 24 and 34. They fired him. Butch Davis had never coached as a head coach in the NFL. He's a first-time head coach in the NFL. He was 7 and 9, 9 and 7, 5 and 11, 3 and 8. They fired him halfway through the season. All right, Terry Robisky coached six games. He went 1 and 5, and they're like, nah, bro, we got to get you up out of here. He had coached three games for the Washington football franchise, in 2000. Then they hired Romeo Cronell. From 2005 to 2008, he coached 64 games. He was 24 and 40. He was the first time NFL head coach. He has since got another shot with Kansas City, and I think he's a great coordinator. Okay. So then they hired Eric Mangini, the man genius who's on Fox Sports. And Eric Mangini coached for two years, from 2009 to 2010. He is a second time head coach. He had went 23 and 25 with the Jets. He went 10 and 6, 4 and 12, 9 and 7. That last year being the year that Brett Favre got him fired, but for getting hurt basically. And then he went 5 and 11, 5 and 11 in Cleveland. So 32 games. He was 10 and 22. They got rid of him. They hired Pat Shermer, who had never coached in the NFL, is now currently coaching the Giants from 2011 to 2012. 32 games, 9 and 23. Then they hired Rob Krasinski. First-time NFL head coach. In 2013, he went 4-12. and Fired him after one year. Mike Hetton, first-time NFL head coach. 2014 to 2015. 32 games, he went 10-22. and Then they hired Hugh Jackson, who had, had one-year head coaching experience in Oakland, and it was 8-8. Eight and eight. He had 40 games. He was 3-36-1. They fired him. Now they hired Greg Williams, who was 19-31 and in Buffalo. Okay. Six first-time head coaches, one guy with three games as a head coach, one guy with one season as a head coach, and Mangini had coached three years before that. Here's the thing, and I'm not saying that head, head coaches now have to have previous NFL head coaching experience because obviously your Sean McVay's are of the world are doing very well as first-time head coaches. But this is the Cleveland Browns. This is the organization that... Once the owner asked the, the owner, and if it's true or not, I don't know, but the owner said that a homeless man told him he should draft Johnny Manziel. See how well that worked out. Okay. Let's go through the list of their general managers. Cleveland's general managers. Dwight Clark from 1999 to 2001. Butch Davis from 2001 to 2002 to 2004. So they gave him player control. That was smart. Phil Savage, 2005 to 2008. George Kokinis, I guess is how you say his name, 2009. 
Tom Heckard, 2010 to 2012. Michael Lombardi, 2013. Ray Farmer, 2014 to 2015. Sashi Brown, 2016 to 2017. And then they hired John Dorsey. Okay, let's look at the quarterbacks. So, from 1999, so there's a whole list of these quarterbacks. So, from 1999 to 2003, they had Tim Couch. Started 59 starts. Tim Couch, to this day, has started more games for that franchise than anybody else. Right? Do you know the quarterback with the best record is Brian Hoyer at 10-6? and six. So, Tim Couch, 59 starts, 22-37. and 37. Win-loss record, 64 TDs, 67 interceptions. Luke McCown, 0-4, 4-7. Inter touchdowns, interceptions. Charlie Fry, 19 starts, 6-13, 14-23. Brady Quinn, 12 starts, 3-9, 10 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Colt McCoy, 21 starts, 6-15, 21 TDs, 20 interceptions. Brandon Whedon, 20 starts, 5-15, 23 touchdowns, 26 interceptions. Johnny Manziel, 2-6 as a starter. Seven TDs, seven interceptions. Spurgeon Wynn started one game, and he was a six-round pick. Deshaun Kaiser, oh, okay. Well, then you have, those are, those were the drafted quarterbacks, right? The, well, oh, sorry, and then Deshaun Kaiser, 15 games, 0-15, 11 touchdowns, 22 interceptions, and 53.6 completion percentage. Okay, these are all the quarterbacks that they had as a free agent. Doug Peterson, now the head coach of the Eagles. Eight starts, one and seven, two TDs, eight interceptions. Kelly Holcomb, 12 starts, four and eight as a starter. 39 touchdowns and, I'm sorry, 10 touchdowns, nine and, I'm sorry, no, they had 39 touchdowns, 38 interceptions. And he actually went to a playoff game. Jeff Garcia, who had had success before in the NFL with, um, I know he ended up being in Philadelphia later, but he had played in San Francisco at T.O. 10 starts, 3-7, 10 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Trent Dilfer, 11 starts, 4-7, 11 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Derek Anderson started 34 games, 16-18, 46 touchdowns, 45 interceptions. Seneca Wallace, 7 starts, he's 1-6, 6 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Jason Campbell, 8 starts, 1-7, 11 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Brian Hoyer, 10-6. 16 games, 17 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Josh McCown. Man, they had, they had two McCowns on this mug. They, I'm surprised Kay didn't play for them. Uh, 11 starts. He went 1-10, 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Robert Griffin III, 5 starts, 1-4, two, two touchdowns, 3 interceptions. Cody Kessler, 8 starts, 0-8, 6 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. Baker Mayfield now has 6 wins this year. Here's my point about listing all those stats. If you're the Cleveland Browns, you have to be committed to Baker Mayfield, and you have to have a coach that is going to be committed to Baker Mayfield, which means you don't want to go get a Nick Saban who has proven that he is okay with game managers. Game managers, before you think I said something else that disparages a group of people in this country, because that's obviously not what I said. I think, I think Mike McCarthy is a good fit. I think Lincoln Riley's crazy if he loses, if he leaves Oklahoma just because he's proven that he can win with Baker. He's proven he can win with Kyler Murray. He's once again in the college football playoff. I think that eventually, if he gets a good defensive coordinator, he'll win a national championship at, at Oklahoma. I just, I think it should be Mike McCarthy. That's who I would hire. I, I believe, and, and Colin Cowherd has said this, and I agree with this. I think with young quarterbacks, they need young offensive coaches. 
they they especially a guy like Baker who has been sacked way less yards per pass have gone up touchdowns to interception ratio has all gone up since Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson two offensive guys were fired on the basically the same day so why bring in a defensive guy like Nick Saban at 67 years old and Nick Saban is very much my way or the highway kind of guy and I don't mean that in a negative way he's he's a lot like Belichick he's the no-nonsense he's very testy with the media but he's won six national championships and very well could win his seventh this year which I think he will six at Alabama one at LSU if I'm Nick Saban I'm already the first or second greatest college football coach to ever patrol the sidelines I don't think Nick Saban needs a challenge Are we really going to hold those two years in Miami against him? They didn't hold those years. See, let's look at some coaches where who went from college to the pros and they didn't succeed, and we don't hold it against them. Steve Spurrier, do not hold it against him. And we'll even we'll do this in in basketball too. John Calipari, Rick Pitino, we remember them from the greatness in college. There's only been one head coach. To my recollection, I'm sorry, there's been a couple of head coaches that have won college national titles and NFL titles. That would be Jimmy Johnson, who won a championship at Miami in college and then won two Super Bowls with the Cowboys. And Pete Carroll, that won a championship in college with USC and then won an NFL Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks. Harbaugh's been to a Super Bowl, but he's never won on the other side. If Urban Meyer had left Florida... And gone to the NFL and then came back and had the success at Ohio State. Will we look at him different? So it's only the clowns like Skip Bayless that are holding those two years in Miami. And it's not Nick Saban's fault that the Dolphins didn't sign Drew Brees. That move, when he failed the physical in Miami and he's ended up now throwing for 70-plus thousand yards and first ballot Hall of Famer, still without an MVP, by the way, which is tricky, we're, we don't we don't hold those two years in Miami. And it's not like he was like 1-15 in 15 and he didn't know what he was doing. Because I want to say when he got there, the Ricky Williams marijuana stuff was also going on. And Saban got out. He was like, you know what, I'm going. And that's why the LSU fans are mad because he told them, oh, I'm only going to leave because the NFL's been my dream. And then two years later, I mean, Nick Saban couldn't have known the Alabama job was going to open, but he took the best job available. LSU fans, come on. I mean, it sucks, but... This, and it kills me because Florida fans feel the same way about Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer literally like, like collapsed on the sideline in, a, in I think it was the last game of the regular season or a bowl game his last year at Florida. The year after Tebow left. And so then he steps down, works for ESPN for a year, and then Ohio State opens, which is his alma mater, which is where his mentor's from. And people, like, they're like, oh, man. I'm like, he won you two national titles. Urban Meyer has more national titles than Steve Spurrier. He put y'all back on the map. And people just get, it's so crazy how we treat coaches. It, it, it's ridiculous. And so, no, I do not think Nick Saban should go coach the Cleveland Browns. I think that would be absolutely stupid of him. And I'm not going to tell Nick Saban what to do. He's probably a way smarter man than me and hey if he wants to go to the NFL then hey go to the NFL some coaches need that challenge some coaches 
need to go prove their detractors wrong. I don't think Saban's one of those guys. I think Saban is totally comfortable in what he has accomplished at the collegiate level. And so my mic levels are acting real, real weird. So if you're listening, let me know if everything sounds all right. But it looks like I'm coming across on my Audacity app just fine. Once again, this is the Jesse James Show on 12 ounce. The Jesse James Show on 12 ounce sports radio and tune in app. Uh, we do this every night from 10 o'clock Central to 11. I'm sorry, 10 p.m. Central to 11 p.m. Central. Or if you're on the East Coast, it is from 11 p.m. to midnight, Monday through Friday. If you are in the mountain time, that would be 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And if you are on the West Coast, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time. And so it has been a pleasure doing this radio show. I've got about eight min- seven minutes left until I have to sign off and bid y'all a good night. And so we are going to, okay, so tomorrow is our Thursday show, and it'll be Ian, it'll be Ian the producer, uh, Dillavu the outlaw, I'm sorry, Dillavu the villain, and Jesse James the outlaw. I'm pretty sure all three of us are going to be on the show tomorrow, which is great because it always seems to bring back memories of the rehab sports guys, which is where we first started out, so it's always good to have the whole gang back together and it's a pleasure working with my friends I would like to say and I, and I try to do this as much as possible but because there's so much to talk about during our regular show I don't always get to do this but I want to go ahead and shout out people that have always supported me since I've been on the radio so and I'm going to shout them out by their show and their Twitter name. And so I would like to shout out at Girls Beer Sports. That is at G-R-L-S-B-E-E-R-S-P-O-R-T-S. At College Credit HR. At Fam Divided Pod. At LR underscore Sports Pod. At A Sip of Sports. At Steel Chick 37. At the Brick Wall 187. That is my boy Nate Wall, sports writer for 12OunceSportsRadio.com. Ooh, fam divided. I sent y'all two tweets. I apologize. Uh, the World Hockey Report at World Hockey RPT at R E D D Head underscore 13. That is Rochelle at Chase Gage 1 at Sport Wednesday. I would like to shout out the scout team. And you can find them. Hold on one second. My boy Corsa uh, at Curse. Uh, okay, hold on. We're trying real hard here, people. Trying to get these shout outs. At, let's see. At Chris Scout Team. Good buddy of mine. We would like to shout the villain out. And so I can't type, so I'm messing that up a little bit. At underscore cursed villain. So, let's shout out to, so the scout team is three guys, and they consist of Chris, Kyle, and Mac, and so it is at Chris, okay, hold on, let me just go to the scout team, because I should be able to pull up all their stuff. No, I just keep, 
I'd be, I'd be just typing in the wrong stuff, guys. I apologize for that. So, Scout Team Radio. Oh, they don't have their Twitters on here anymore. Okay, well, Scout Team Radio are the guys that basically allowed us to at Loudbeard. Loudbeard is on the on the on the uh, Scout Team Radio. Let's, and then you have at Max Scout Team, which goes by Loudbeard Nemesis. What is it? Loudbeard's Nemesis Longer Beard. That's so great. And so, of course, at Twelve Ounce Sports and at Beck's Work Week. All these people um, at reality, reality check-in show. You can check them out on 12 Out Sports Radio. Um, let's go ahead and see what their Twitter is. So at reality check-in. So that's at R-E-A-L-I-T-Y-C-H-E-C-K-N underscore. If I Oh, at Steffi Tweets, of course. That's always been a big supporter. And uh, I want to shout out all my... All the Stephanies. That, and then the funny thing is, they're all, there's three Stephanies and they're all fans of different teams. So Steffi Tweets, you could find her at, at Steffi Tweets. That's S T E P H I E T W E E T S. At Steel Chick 37 is Sports Loving Melissa. Stephanie, who is, I think, a Browns fan, she is at Stephanie Noel 41. And there's one more. Um, oh, at GMFB underscore Stephanie. And she's a Titans fan. So I always like to give out shout outs to all those people who retweet our stuff. Oh, and how could I forget my boy Primetime, who has a show on this network that comes on right before mine. I think it's on Mondays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And that is at P-O-P-D-I-B-I-A-S-E. That is the Primetime Capper for all of your sports picks. He has been very, very supportive, and we have appeared on each other's shows before. He hasn't been on this show yet, but he will. Um, we also have Dennis the Stat Menace, who is at Culture underscore Coach. So to all these people who have basically came on our shows or have been on shows with me before and given your expertise and knowledge, I would like to give you a little promo and say thank you for everything that you have done for us. And we hope to have many of you on our shows. Once again, you can find this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher. Um, hold on. Let me let me see if I can. We got about two minutes left. I should be able to tell you all the places where you will be able to find this. And so, let's see. Oh, no, I can't find it. Okay. Okay, well, maybe I can't find it because usually it'll tell me. Oh, there we go. Well, maybe not. Anyways, well, this has been a Jesse James Show production. Sorry, that came out a little weird. This has been the Jesse James Show on 12 Ounce Sports Radio and tune in app the kicker and the outlaw will be on tomorrow from 1 p.m until 2 p.m central time or 2 p.m to 3 p.m eastern time it'll be me ian and david tomorrow and i will hopefully talk to you guys tomorrow night on the jesse james show presented by 12 ounce sports radio 
God bless. Have a good night and be safe. We will talk to y'all later. We are out.